If you want to hear Rebecca Carroll, then just keep listening because she's the guest today on the show. I mean, you can always hear her every weekday morning if you listen to KCBI out of Dallas. They have a great app or you can go online to kcbi.org. Jeff and Rebecca, she is a part of that morning show and she is an amazing writer. She has written a piece called Charlie Sheen's Problem is Not HIV. A lot of people have read it and are sharing it. And so today we're going to talk about what Charlie Sheen's problem really is. I'm just a radio girl. I love things that talk to me. You LOL. I did. I truly laughed out loud. I'm Lisa. I'm great. Everything's fine. Somebody just wrote on my Facebook page, please get your mom on Facebook. We want to be her friend. Do you want to be on Facebook? What is that? Are you on Twitter? I talked to the mailman. Is that Twitter? Life with Lisa Williams is like a cake. Run around in the sun. Exactly. Put a sprinkler in the yard. This is life. This is This, this, is, this is life. This is life. 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 This is Life with Lisa Williams. So I knew when I came back from India, well, I was thinking, who do I want to talk to? Maybe I'll be messed up. I'm going to need somebody who like ministers to me. I'm like, Rebecca Carroll. I want Rebecca Carroll as a guest on the week I come back from India. And so thankfully, I'm not too messed up. But thankfully, I still get to talk to you. So that makes me happy. (laughs) Don't you just love our friend Lisa? Lisa, (laughs) we all love you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. And I'm so thankful to get some time with you today. I have to tell you, I'm just, I don't know. It's like I'm kind of basking in like this India afterglow. Yes. Where, yeah, I'm just trying to process. I'm feeling things very, I keep using the words in full color. Because there's like this fullness to my comprehension level. I don't know how to explain it, but I'm definitely um, changed. And um, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm heartbroken, but I'm just so aware, Rebecca, of, of strongholds and injustice and the beauty of India and um, the vastness of God. So it kind of mm. changes you, you know? Um, so here I am. Hi. Oh, I'll tell you, I, I texted Lisa a few minutes ago and told her that the next time she goes to India, save a seat on the plane because <laughs> I really, I, I, I want to see, there's something in me that needs to see, you know, I just need to see it. I yeah. know the darkness that's out there. I need, I need to see it. And I know what you're saying, too, about the heightened sensitivity and seeing in full color. There is something about when you have a mega powerful experience with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. everything's just crackling for a little while. Mm-hmm. And it's like your, your senses are, are hyper aware. And, mm-hmm. and I, know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. And it's really good. And it would be actually a really good thing for for you, Rebecca, because, you know, you are a hungry girl. You're a, a hungry for God girl and you just want more. And so it does kind of, it's almost like I see a parachute opening up, like all of a sudden it's got room for more, you know, it's like, yeah. and now I'm taking in all this air. And, um, and so that would be wonderful. As a matter of fact, when I got the text from Rebecca saying she wanted to go to India, um, I immediately said yes out loud to God, like yes, because at first 
because I'm kind of old, you know, like I'm 47 and my <laughs> ankles, <not> old. <laughs> I'm kind of old. I felt old because my, I'm not in great shape and I, I should be in better shape. And I've actually, you know, even started yesterday working out again because it's like, you know, I want to go back and be a little bit more fit because we went to Elephant Island and, you know, you, we climbed these stairs up to, it's like these ancient Hindu carvings of gods. Oh, Rebecca, I mean, you go in this cave and they have this Hindu God that has three faces and you have people who are just milling around. And anyway, just the climb was a lot for me. And when I came back, full disclosure, my, my, um, ankles look like elephant ankles. It was really scary actually. And so, you know, the plane ride is very long and you know, you know, it's very tiring and it takes a long time to get there. And there's just so much that you're concerned with, with malaria and food and water. And so I, I've come back and just been recovering a little bit physically. But that was the first moment where I pivoted into, oh, I'll go back. If, if Rebecca Carroll is next to me in a chair on the plane. Yeah. Okay. I'll go back. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking that girl to India. I was already thinking I'm... about what you're going to wear. I was like, oh, she can wear this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is wear. why Lisa and I are friends. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about clothes, like different clothes. You know, like the women wear leggings, even though it was hot. Yeah, uh, a lot of leggings, and they're very matchy matchy. Like they would wear wow. like an or- an orange legging with an orange scarf, and then it's kind of like this long shirt dress. You know, they're very modest. Yes, um, yes. they were f- like flip flops. They almost all wear their hair up or back, and then some women wear saris which is a single piece of glorious material that they wrap around their body. They make like a skirt and then they make like this thing that goes over their shoulder with beautiful, beautiful. I mean, they're like flowers or birds. I mean, like the women just stand out because of the color. Um, So yeah. Okay. Well, we'll pray about that. Wow. Yes. We'll we'll pray about that. So I've already um, told my husband. So this (laughs) is like, I'm just waiting on you, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am open to whatever God wants. I mean, I've been asking him point blank. Why did I go? What do you want me to do with that? And I'm just kind of taking it slow. I have been known to get in God's face a little bit like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And so I'm just recovering and kind of drinking it in and taking, you know, step by step towards God. But um, I'm really glad we're talking today. Originally, I wanted Rebecca to talk to us about freedom because before I went to India, I was thinking I'm going to see women who are in um, kind of like born into it, Rebecca. It's like, you know, this sex trafficking is is just almost like this way of life and right. they know nothing different and they oh. don't know what it's like to be free. Um, and so originally it was like, Rebecca, talk to us about freedom when I get back. But, um, and that certainly can be what we talk about today, Rebecca, if you want to, but Rebecca wrote something that um, is on her blog and many people have read it. I just went to read it again and saw that, you know, around a thousand people have shared it on Facebook. I shared it on my Facebook page and, you know, dozens of people shared it off of my page because, um, it's a really wonderful, uh, insight, um, that she has written a wonderful piece about Charlie Sheen. And so since that is top of mind, would it be okay if we talked about that today? Yes. And you know, there's even the thing that's been going through my mind is this has 
everything to do with freedom. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, You're right. <laughs> and what, what Lisa saw over in India, she she came face to face with the desperate need for Jesus. Mm-hmm. People who who don't even know that they need Jesus. And and we don't have to look very far to see that here in the States. Mm-hmm. So the other day, you probably saw Charlie Sheen. And if you haven't seen, if you didn't watch it live, you have probably seen a video clip by now. Charlie Sheen sitting down with Matt Lauer and announcing that he is HIV positive. And the first thing that went through my mind was, oh, the poor women. Right? Because I was, and I just thought how many women are watching this right now and getting punched in the soul because they have known Charlie Sheen over the past four plus years. And how many women are reaching for their phones to call the doctor's office or to call a lawyer? Mm-hmm, right. And then the second thought I had was he has children. Yeah. And he's got five in all. Some of them are very young. And he had only told the oldest one about it the night before he made the announcement. And so thinking about his children and how he'd been living with this and they didn't know, then I thought about the weight that he's been living under. And I mean, everybody's had a secret before. I know I kept a secret for a long time. There is nothing worse than living underneath a secret. It I think it literally, it is like a virus that eats you from the inside out, and it just consumes you. That's right. And I was thinking how the weight that he's been living under was heavy enough to squeeze, I mean, millions of dollars. He's been paying out millions of dollars in hush money to people who, you know, are blackmailing him about this. But if you think about it, what he's going through right now and this weight that he's been living under, Lisa... That's nothing compared to the emptiness inside of him. I look at Charlie Sheen. I look at Hollywood in general, and I think they have everything. I mean, you just came back from India, Lisa. So, so compare the lifestyle that you looked at mm-hmm. over there mm-hmm. with the lifestyle of you know the Charlie Sheens of the world, and they have no boundaries. There is nothing that they can't have. And if there is something they want, they can get it. And the only boundary there might be, might be one of time in how fast they can get it. But there's never a question of, can I have what I want? It's a question of how fast can I have what I want? And I was thinking about him and here's this guy not too long ago, he was the highest paid actor in Hollywood, right? Right. That's right. He has every single one of our if-onlys. Like I think of my if-onlys, if I only had this, if I only had that. I know for a lot of women, it's if I only had you know, a husband, if I only had children, if I only had more money in the bank account, if I only had a smaller number on the scale, um, you know, if I only had a bigger platform to get my message out on that kind of speaks to my world a little bit, if I only had this, Charlie Sheen has your if only, like the house, the car, the, the you know, people, fame, of the op- fame accolades, mm-hmm. awards. I mean, he has it. And he is so addicted to drugs, so addicted to alcohol, so addicted to inappropriate websites, so addicted to women. And and now here he is with HIV. And it made me think, you know, 
the alcoholism, the drug addiction, the HIV, the, you know, you name it, that is not his problem. His problem is that he has tried everything under the sun, literally everything under the sun to fill this hole in his soul and it doesn't work. Mm -mm. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. And it's a wake up call for me, Lisa, because, you know, all cards on the table I tend to, I know better. I know that I know better. And so I fight the thoughts. But every now and then, I really do. I slip into this mode of thinking, you know, if, if I only had the book deal, if I only had this conference, if I only mm-hmm. had that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, I fall into that. I really do. I have to fight very, very hard to remember why I do what I do and, I, and, and to remember that it has nothing to do with me and my name. But all of the if-onlys in the world, that thing that you think would make you better that you can't quite reach, but you can sure see, I think that Charlie Sheen would tell you, it will betray you. And I think about Whitney Houston dying in a bathtub. Yeah. Or Philip Seymour Hoffman dying with a needle in his arm. Stars like Lindsay Lohan, so who once upon a time was it, the next up-and-comer, the next great talent, the next, you know, you name it. And she can't get a job. And so we look at these people who have everything you could possibly have, and they are dying. They are dying. I think it is no small thing, Lisa, that Charlie Sheen's doctor said his biggest concern for Charlie isn't the HIV. It's the depression that he's in. It's the depression. And so here's someone who has at his fingertips every single thing that we think would make our lives better. And he's HIV positive and he's addicted to drugs and he's addicted to alcohol and he can't get out of his head and he can't get out of the funk and he can't climb out of the depression. And I want to reach my arms through my computer screen and I want to grab his shoulders and I want to say, when will you realize that what you're looking for won't fix you? I mean, the world just can't fix us. It's such a desperate plea for Jesus. And I, 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 there's not a microphone big enough for me to, to scream to get the whole yeah. world to hear, you know? Yeah. That, that thing that you think is going to fix you is going to betray you. It's just going to turn on you. Drugs have betrayed Whitney Houston, Heath Ledger, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Charlie Sheen. And I wrote the blog and I, I it, yeah. I think it's resonating with people because it's the closest thing I've ever had to something, you know, going kind of viral. Yeah, well, it was just um, when you saw the title, Charlie Sheen's Problem is Not HIV, you can't help but go, well, yeah, what? And so it, makes, it made me want to read it. And I just believe, like, I would die for this belief that what you are saying is true. Yeah. Like, Jesus is not a trite um phrase on a pillow that you cross stitch. You know, Jesus is not yeah. a good feeling. Jesus is not one of many great prophets or what a good speaker or, you know, he's not a feel good medicine. I mean, like, how do you scream it loud enough? How do you proclaim it with your, your everything, every fiber of your being? I feel, I feel what you feel. It's like, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And He's been relegated to kind of like pat you on the head. Oh, that's so nice that you believe in Jesus. Bless your heart. 
Bless right. your heart. Because here's what really matters. Fame, money, um, sex, um, all these things. And you're right. saying, yeah, but look, all those things are completely empty because it is really and truly Jesus. It really is. Yeah. And that's yeah. what he needs. I imagine someone is listening who, out of curiosity, maybe because of the title of the show or, you know, even out of cynicism, what I want to say to you is that, first of all, Jesus is not a Xanax. You don't take a little Jesus and feel better in the morning. Um, but there is, there's a Bible verse that I have clung to. And every time I start to think, I need this, I need this, I need, I need, I need, I need, I remind myself, wait a minute. Psalm 16, I think it's five and six, says the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places, pleasant places. And then it says, surely I have a delightful inheritance. And so what does that tell me? Okay, that tells me that God has laid some boundaries in my life. And wild riches doesn't seem like that's in the boundary. But if that's not within the boundary lines that God has set for me, what does that tell me? That tells me that crazy riches, more money than I could ever think to spend, that's not as pleasant as it appears. Looking like a supermodel, okay, that's not inside of my boundary lines. Looking young for the rest of my life, that's not inside of my boundary lines. And the Word of God tells me that if it is not inside of the boundary lines that God has carefully, lovingly, mercifully drawn in my life, then it is not as pleasant as it appears. So what does He have for me? He has a delightful inheritance for me. And if what God has for me is full of delight, that means you can't squeeze any more delight into it because it's already full up to the top and brimming over because God is a generous God. And, and what I can rest in is that the Lord has promised me that if I will trust Him, if I will relax my white-knuckled grip on what I think will fix me, he will lead me into freedom. He will lead me into joy. He will lead me through valleys, but there is a light at the end of the valley. I don't walk through the valley alone. He will show me that there is blessing in my affliction. I mean, it's just, there's no end to it. And you can't put a price on that kind of peace. You just can't. And so Jesus isn't a happy pill. It, he's a person who's alive that you just surrender to. Um, one more one more verse that I love, Lisa, is it's Matthew 11. It's 28 through 30. But when Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary um, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest, he goes on to talk about the yoke that he puts on us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the word in the Greek for yoke means well-fitting. Jesus was a carpenter. He made yokes. That's what he did. He knew just how to measure that ox and carefully carve out that yoke so that it was custom made for the ox on whose shoulders it would sit. And so I just, if I could sit in front of Charlie Sheen, I would just say, you have tried everything under the sun and you are desperate, and you are lonely, and you are afraid, and you are depressed. Why won't you just try surrendering to the Lord and see if He doesn't do a work in you?